Hell yes, you spiritual badass. The play button you just hit brought you into a world of your own magic where you can be, do, and have anything. Where the possibilities are endless and you are limitless. I'm Janessa McKenzie, your guide on this journey, an NLP practitioner, master mindset coach, and an intuitive and lunar living expert. Join me in mixing the woo with the do to elevate you to be the best version of you that you can be. Raise the collective consciousness to a higher frequency so we all rise and many, many future generations continue to rise. We're going to unlearn all the bullshit that we've been taught and conditioned to believe and shift into the next paradigm of truth and to walk along the spiritual path, whatever that looks like for you, to find more love, light, joy, and gratitude. I'm sharing all the knowledge I have and will continue to acquire to help you to live the best possible life of abundance, growth, and self-love. You can manifest your dreams. You can create your own incredible reality. You are meant for more. You deserve more. You can be, do, have whatever you want because you are limitless. You are a spiritual badass. Let's do this. Hey, all you spiritual badasses. Welcome back. I am here today with Jennifer Ayub, and she is a, um, an author, best-selling author. Now I can say that. Um, she helps couples and families talk about money. And she's also a certified financial planner. So I actually met Jen, what, two, three years ago, Jen, now? Yeah, probably going on three soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's been a while. I actually did some um, branding images for her way back when. That's how we connected. And now she has written a book that launched in April called Naked Wealth. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk about why it's so important to have discussions about money as a couple and a family um, or even in your own mind, because there's, you know, we're definitely having this conversation at all or managing your money at all takes, you know, some, sometimes it takes some work on your money mindset. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Jen, welcome. And thank you. Um, please tell us a little bit more about you. Sure. So I am a mom of four kiddos. So mm. very busy life. As you mentioned, I'm a certified financial planner and I, by day, work with individuals and couples on helping them achieve their money goals through intimate, deep conversations that help them really get out of the comfort zone and have those conversations that are often backburnered in order to really achieve a full 360 degree wellness um, in life and throughout the lifespan, not just early on, not just in later age, but really throughout the lifespan. Yeah. And so this really has to do with people having more financial intimacy and freedom. Definitely. If you're not, you know, marriages for one, you know, the book does focus around individuals, but mostly around couples, not necessarily married couples, but couples in general, if you're moving together as a financial unit, or -hmm. even if you're moving forward in your financial life as a older individual trying to plan your legacy, that's also moving together. So anybody who's in relationship with somebody else financially is really who the book is geared towards. And if you're just 
having a Chinese wall and saying, my money, your money, we're not talking. I mean, that's going to be really tough. Uh, having shared goals and having a shared life plan doesn't mean you can't have your money separate, but you still need to be talking about it. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I have a couple I meet with and I have a story in the book where I said, hey, what do you guys want to do? What do you want your retirement to look like? And one of them said, well, you know, I envision myself going to visit my grandkids and spending a lot of time there, maybe having a house there. And the husband says, oh, I no, I plan on getting a boat and traveling, you know, around on a boat all the time. And I said, yeah. well, wait a minute, You're, they're just completely on different pages. Um, so that makes it difficult um, to plan for your retirement or anything else if you haven't had these difficult conversations. So yeah, just just to know that you kind of both want to do the same thing or a plan to do both, right? Because exactly, exactly. They, they could absolutely do both. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, coming from a corporate background myself, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I started really young in, you know, corporate, like early twenties and it was never like, it was really never a thought to me about like my financial future. Right. Right. And then you have yeah. kids and you're like, oh, <laughs> like you got to do something here. And then, you know, the 401ks and all of all of these options at your you know job comes through. And sometimes I, I, you know, contributed to that at other places I didn't. Um, yeah. And I wish I had planned better. So most of the time, like right up until, I don't know, my late twenties, it was just me thinking about it. But when I got married, we never talked about that. And then, you know, I, I got divorced and now I'm in a, you know, in a, another relationship and it's, you know, we talk about money, but we don't really talk about saving it. <laughs> well, and the way you approach a first marriage money conversation versus a second is also going to vary drastically. So there are always so many variables to, to these conversations. And I think what you drag along with you into the conversation, I mean, even if you're newly married in a first marriage, you may, you know, you might know like, okay, well, I just need to save money, but how much and what for and in what vehicle really all ties into your your history and mm. your, your family and what your family taught you verbally, non-verbally, you know, just through being around them. So the, and, and everybody's life situation is a little bit different. And so everybody brings something different to the table. And along that comes different um, way they perceive the world and perceive money and have their money values. So it's, yeah, it's really important to talk about, um, and to your point of, you know, you, you have all these things, you're bombarded with all these options, you know, mm. of investment vehicles. And, you know, I think a lot of times we blindly just start throwing money at one just because it's okay. Or, or we don't, or we say, oh, I'll, I'll kick that can down the road a little longer because I'm 28 years old and who cares when retirement's a lifetime away um, and really not realizing how that compounding interest and 
that compounding lack of savings. It's not the right vehicle for a number of reasons. So it's really important to have individual conversations with the right professionals as well as with those people you're financially planning with. Yeah. And what do you find like the biggest money blocks are for people that come in? Because I know, you know, even when I was business coaching and even now life coaching people, I I think everybody has some type of a, a money block. And when I say that, it's more of like, what type of relationship do they have with money? And most of the time they want more, but they're actually repelling it because of the way they think about it or the relationship they have with it. What's the biggest like blocks you find people have? Yeah, that's a good question. I think fear of the unknown sometimes, Mm. you know, you don't understand money. So therefore I'm going to relate to it on the level that I do. It's in my pocket and now it's going out of my pocket and that's Mm. pretty much the the beginning and the end of it. Or Mm. my spouse deals with it, you know, so I, I just head in the sand approach. I'm just not going to deal with it because my spouse does. And, you know, hopefully I'll never have to. And that's how we're going to, you know, hopefully nothing happens to him or her and, and I'm going to be fine. And so just kind of throwing your head in the sand, that's another one. Yeah. I'd say those are probably the two biggest or just lack of care, you know, lack of care, lack of wanting to deal with it or, or disorganization in terms of money, um, Mm. not knowing where it's going. There's a lot of, you know, the latte factor of, yeah, you know, I talked to friends, um, especially in earlier years and I would, um, tell them, you know, you really should start saving. And, you know, even if it's 25 a month and, you know, I can't tell you the number of times they're like, well, I don't have it. I can't save 25 a month, you know, cause they're mm. all have brand new marriages, brand new babies, brand new houses, but then, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, five times mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. So like, well, you could, you know, you could. And so really just understanding where your money's going and how you could be better leveraging what you do have, even if it's a small amount all the way up through, you have lots of money, but is it titled right? Is it going to accomplish the right purpose? Is it in the right vehicles investment wise? No, um, in trust, should it not be in trust? There are just so many different things you can do. So yeah, I think, I think it's a lack of wanting to know or not in fear of, um, fear of the unknown really. So yeah, I think those are the, probably the biggest ones that I see. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you say fear too, I feel like what comes up is fear that like, no matter what they do, there isn't going to be enough even later on in life. That's, that's a different one. And, you know, sometimes you see people uh, right away because they're afraid their stuff can manifest so differently. And one person, again, enjoy myself. And the other way it manifests is not spending anything and hoarding it because you don't know when it'll come along again. So that's what's mm. interesting too, is different uh, money values can manifest very, very differently. Yeah, absolutely. And do you help them through that like mindset piece of it? Yeah, I try to have very open dialogue. One of my goals is not to be a... Um, typical 
suit and tie planner <laughs> where you're afraid to ask questions. Like my goal is to have everybody comfortable to say, I don't know, or I don't understand yeah. or um, in my office and to have an open dialogue. And, you know, if it, I've had clients who come in and they're, I had one where we probably met couple of years before we really got to business. And it was just a lot of chatting because the money was from the client's mother mm. and just a lot of emotional ties to, oh, this is my mom's money and I don't want to move it from where it's at. You know, so really just, there's so much that goes into it, but the, or like you said, said those um those strongholds you have in terms of you know you've got you're afraid it'll never come around again and so how you react to it but yeah that's definitely something that's really important I find making sure that wherever who that, you know that you're working with somebody you can trust that you can talk to that you feel comfortable you know really burying yourself with your person you're planning with together and going together kind of like counseling you know so kind of what yeah. you were saying you're you, with your what your your work is um but really expanding that more to a financial space but you know it's important that you know you, you can work on it yourself for sure but going with your partner or your mother or your father or your you know dependent child or whatever is also very very powerful and working through that together yeah yeah, I find that um, I know one of my weird money blocks was so, so it, this took some digging too because we have these blocks or beliefs in our you know subconscious that sit there and then pop up at the most inopportune times and we're like, what is happening right now? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mine was. Um, one of mine, but there's always a few. It's not just always one. Um, was that m- money, like only lucky people had money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I figured out why, because I lived in, a, in an affluent town. That's where I grew up. And, you know, 90% of the kids in my school, their parents had a lot of money. And, like, you know, I remember one girl, like I was like a, and still am like a, a horse freak. I love horses. And like, she had her own horse. I'm like, Oh, she's so lucky. And you know, they all had the designer clothes and I was like, they're so lucky. And, you know, so you keep telling yourself this over and over and over again, that they're so lucky, which you really, you're telling yourself that you're not. Right. So, right. So there was a lot of that there, you know, when I started my business, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I know that I want to make money. What, what is the problem? <laughs> like, and sometimes we get to dig a little deeper to figure out exactly what the problem is. But I love that you say, you know, into financial intimacy. So let's talk about that. What can you describe that for, for me? Sure. So I, Again, like I said, the book isn't necessarily just geared towards marriage relationships, but I did pull that from, you know, really the, in my mind, um, the marriage concept, right? So when you're in relationship with somebody in a marriage, the idea is that you can be fully um, 
vulnerable and, you know, vulnerability includes physical intimacy. It includes emotional intimacy. It includes um, financial intimacy, but it's intimacy in every facet, not just linear. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, you hear the word intimacy and you immediately think of the bedroom and that, that is not, that is not true. That is not what this is about. It's, it's about bearing your soul. It's about having that level of comfort with one another and vulnerability so that you can, you know, really move your relationship, move your life in the direction you want to go and be comfortable sharing your past, sharing your future and everything together. And so that's really where I came up with the term financial intimacy, um, really thinking through these deep, vulnerable painful, often hard conversations. And to your point, you know, you've got, you say to yourself for years and years and years, these messages or your family's sending them. Mm-hmm. And I had some similar ones in, in my family, um, you know, but, and those get so ingrained because you're really involving, you know, the reticular activating system in those you know, form unconscious money messages that you're Mm -hmm. telling yourself and telling yourself and telling yourself, and therefore you will move forward in that belief. And um, it's getting into all that quantum theory and it's so true. And I think to really break that, you have to identify, know it and everything we think in our bodies and the way we act, it's all, a lot of our um, attitudes and beliefs all come from our past and things we've told ourselves and heard over the years, and they're completely subconscious and it mm-hmm. comes from our, you know, subconscious mind. So I think it's really hard. And so it is painful and it's work and our bodies don't like to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so when we have these conversations that are painful and work, it forces us to be vulnerable and intimate with one another. Yeah. And even that can make people, and that makes people uncomfortable. Really even, uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. Even people who have been married for years and years and years can still be uncomfortable having intimate conversations. Definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I know that I had to work on that it, with my current partner, my fiance, that mm-hmm. because we, I didn't have that type of those conversations in my marriage. So working on that and being like, okay, sit down. We need to talk. And he, every time I say, I'd say that he'd go, oh shit. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, it's not bad, but there's things that I just need to get off my chest. And it took me not even get off my chest, but things that I want to talk about mm-hmm. that, you know, I would never have brought up before. And that took a lot of work inner work for me to, you know, be like, and trust, right. Trust in myself, trust in, in him that I could sit down and say, even if it wasn't about money, anything and trust that he wouldn't, you know, think I was out of my mind or, Mm -hmm. you know, like take it as a joke or be like, what are you talking about? Whatever. Like you, it's judgment, right? You don't want to be judged for what you're saying. And when we're vulnerable, we feel like we're going to be judged by somebody, the person that we're being vulnerable with. Definitely. It's a big, it's a big risk to, um, to go there, you know, because like you said, you had to do your own work. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then you have to trust the other person you're talking to um, that they're not going to take this information that you're very vulnerable about and exploit it or laugh at you or, you know, use it down the track to against yeah. you yeah, yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> and, but in addition to that, you're taking a huge, so you're taking a huge risk in that regard, but you're also taking um, a risk because you um, don't know where they're at in their journey. And so yeah. you might be bringing up something that opens up a totally different wound for them or something they brought into your relationship that you didn't even know about. And so you don't know how the conversation is going to hit somebody else. And, and that's the thing. It's not, it's not a destination. It's an absolute journey. You know, dealing life is a journey and money conversations are a journey and relationships are a journey and it's going to be continually evolving as your life change changes. And as soon as you feel like you've nailed one thing, you're probably on to the next thing that, uh, yeah, you need to work on one thing and then you get nailed with another. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's how we learn our lessons though. Definitely. That's, you know, that's why we're here having this human experience, yes. you know, yeah. to learn lessons and, and figure it out. It's like the ultimate challenge, you know, because we're always figuring it out. We're always, always learning. evolving, always evolving. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that helped me with, um, with my money mindset was looking at money as energy, because to me, you know, it, being a, an entrepreneur, especially in this, in this space as, as an entrepreneur, that's where it started. But then when I started to look outside of that, I was like, oh, this really is just like an energy exchange. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, giving you some of my energy and in return, you're giving me your energy, like, but it's just in the form of money. Like when you go to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks to get that latte or wherever you're going, when you tip the waitress, when you, whatever, yes. like it, it's all because energy has been exchanged. I've completely never thought of it that way, but that's entirely true. And you're completely like, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Joe Dispenza, but you're completely dipping your toes into a lot of his work and research. Um, oh. And, you know, it, it, it's so in kind of what you were saying talking about before um but yeah i think i think it 100 is and what you put out there you know is gonna come back for sure and i yeah, yeah so it, it is it's it's your effort it's your energy and it's your thoughts and if you think in a scarcity mindset you're going to receive scarcity and if you yeah. think in abundance mindset you're going to receive abundance and really um taking that time to set aside every day. And, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily about like, oh, I need to have, you know, $50,000 today. Like not necessarily that specific, but just I am, I'm free and I am happy and I'm content and I'm doing what I love every single day and blessings are flowing to me. And, you know, just picturing mm -hmm. that ideal life and, you know, it does, it does completely translate. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I used to be 
I used to, I guess I, you could say scared, but I used to hate opening like the app on my bank account, like to look at how much was in my bank account because I knew it wasn't what I wanted it to be. But now I have, I haven't done it in a little while, but I'm glad we're having this conversation because I'm going to have to get back to it. I have like a money date once, like once a week, I used to do that. And like, didn't matter how much money was in my bank account. I would open the app and just like, thank the money that was in there. Cause when you're grateful for what you already have, then, you know, gratitude is one of the highest frequencies ever. So what, like you said, what you put out comes back. So, I mean, that's not the only reason I, I would do it, but that is one of the biggest ones. And one of the other practices I had when I have, um, and I still do this once in a while too, when I remember to do it (laughs) is when I do pay somebody, no matter who it is, usually it's the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through person, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I, you know, think about like when I hand them my card or money or whatever it is, however I'm paying, like I'm helping them. Like that pays their salary. So that's true. So it's not always, you might think, oh my gosh, I shouldn't buy this coffee because of like my prior illustration. But I think it it is, it's all that weighing, you know, where is it going? Is this aligned with my future and my goals? And if it is, there's no sense to have guilt or shame. I mean, just get rid of all the shame surrounding your money choices and your money values, even in your past. You know, if you all, you know, I had my car repoed in this net. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Right. Where are you going? You know, yeah. you, if you're living in your past, you're not going anywhere. The rear view mirror is small and the um, windshield is large for a very good reason. So yeah. I think that's really important. And I love the idea of a money date and really just taking that time to be thankful for what you do have. And I can completely relate to your, um, you know, dreading opening. I still will do that. I'll be like, oh, I don't want to look at it today. And I yeah. know I'm okay. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't want it, to, it's past stuff dragged into your present. And it's, yeah, it's hard to brush that off. And so I love that practice, but it's also important. Yeah. If you're alone or in a relationship to go. And I always tell people, especially if you haven't really talked about your long-term goals together, a lot of people don't kind of just bounce around in life and go where the wind blows them. And if you don't know where you're going, you're probably going to land somewhere else or somewhere you don't want to be. So if I think it's great if you are on your date night with your spouse or take once a month and say, Hey, we're going to grab a coffee and we're just going to like say, okay, what are our goals? What do we want to do next? How are we on track for that? And if you filter all your decisions, it'll also decrease the level of dissonance Mm. in your marriage, in your marriage conversations. Cause then if someone says, Oh, well, you know what, guess what? I just bought like five pairs of Lululemon leggings. And the other one says, Hey, no, that's not cool. Like that's not where we should be spending our money. You might be like, you know what? You're right. Like that doesn't align with our goal. And Mm. if it's not a problem, like if one of your goals to get really physically fit and you're like super motivated by activewear or whatever, you might be like, you know, it does fit into my goal this way. Mm. And, you know, and then their spouse might be like, oh, you know what? You're right. I see that now. Okay, cool. You know, or whatever. But that was a really weird example. (laughs) No, but but a really good one, though, because, you know, if you're if you have a, a goal, especially for to I, ca- I say releasing weight now because 
this is funny. I actually heard this on another podcast that when you say you want to lose weight, it's like actually a scarcity mindset. So your body feels like it has to like hold on to it because you don't have enough. Isn't that weird? It's really, and it's, it's interesting. I mean, it kind of makes sense because lose like, yeah. That's, yeah. Like your body doesn't want to lose anything. Yeah. No. So when you say release it, it means I have plenty of it and I have plenty of it to give away. And I've so. given permission and it's a positive. So you're yeah. back, you're back on that positive thing. Yeah. I, I feel like we're circling back there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, but that, that was just like a side thing, but yeah. Um, so, but that was a really good example because when you, you know, have a fitness goal, you want to feel good. You want to feel like you look good. And if Lululemon leggings make you feel sexy, then hell yeah, go buy a pair. Right. But yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But if it's going to derail you from paying down your mortgage, which is a goal for you and your yeah. spouse, then obviously you're going to have a conf- you know, a conflict there. And money is the, one of the number one causes for divorce. So it's yeah. really important to get on the same page as much as possible. And the best place to start is having shared goals. You only have to have your own too. Like you could say, okay, my personal goals or my business goals are this. And then jointly, what are our goals? Doesn't mean everything has to be together. That's another misconception. And I kind of briefly mentioned it in the beginning. Sometimes people think financial intimacy means a joint bank account. It does not. It Mm. could entail a joint bank account, could be your own bank accounts. It doesn't matter how your money is held and positioned and titled. It matters that you're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also doesn't mean like either or like I I don't buy the leggings at all or like maybe I don't buy five pairs of leggings. I just buy one, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Like what is the budget for me to be able to feel good in my fitness journey which is another great date night activity yeah your budget yeah exactly yeah I love that I love all of that um so the book does go into a lot of that and there's a budgeting sheet in there as well for people Mm -hmm. to use and um if you know if it's too small in there and my email address is in there and people email me i'm also able to send them personally the uh, budget worksheet yeah beautiful yeah and um if you have a, a link to that too i can link it up in the show notes um <laughs> which you can send me later if you have it if not yeah i don't have a, a, well, a website or anything at this point uh, i had yeah having to make some changes to it so well, that's not a bad thing either. It's not a bad thing either. Um, I know plenty of people who are very successful without websites. Yeah. Well, compliance um, in the securities industry makes things a little different with that. So difficult. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. So working on it, but yeah. Um, so tell everyone where they can find your book, where they can find you, where they can reach so- out. My book is available on Amazon. So it's Naked Wealth, Jennifer Aubey, A-U-B-E. And I'm um, at Jennifer Aubey on Instagram and also on Facebook as well. Beautiful. So I totally screwed up your name when I introduced you. That's okay. Sorry. (laughs) You can re-record your intro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. So that's awesome. And I love, this was a good conversation. It really did. We did go full circle. So anyone listening right now, and I know you are, if you uh, have any takeaways, any ahas, any questions, um, please screenshot this episode, tag us on Instagram and ask away. Send Jen love on Instagram, send her DMs, ask her questions. That's what she's here for. That's what she does. Um, money is a, you know, seems like a taboo subject for a lot of people. And I love the fact that, you know, Jen, you're bringing this right out into the open and being like, it's okay to talk about this. Like you need to be talking about this. This isn't something that, you know, especially if you're in a relationship with another person that you shouldn't be talking about, like, this is one of the main things you should be talking about. So. Right. You bring up a good point just as one last uh, little thought. Um, that's one of the reasons I wrote this book because my husband and I will go out to dinner and, you know, inevitably we sit at a bar because we get service at the bar and the, inevitably the couple next to us will say, engage in conversation and they'll say, what do you do for work? And my husband says, oh, I'm a general contractor. And they ask him all kinds of questions and tell him all about their bathroom renovations that they want to do. Yeah. And then they get to what I do and I let them know. And the walls go up immediately and the conversation, sometimes they just stop talking to us altogether. (laughs) And sometimes they want to just talk about the latest stock pick or something like that. And other times they just completely clam up and try to move the subject to the weather. And so I realized that nobody wants me to approach them about their money. And Mm. I have this fire burning in me that it needs to be discussed. Mm -hmm but nobody wants to talk about it. Every, you know, it seems like people think, Whoa, what are you going to do? Are you going to take it from me? Or, you know, it's a very yeah. uh, topic that nobody wants to discuss. So I thought the book um, was a good way that people could approach it. That was much less um, scary and the fear would be less. And so yeah. you can approach it at your own pace on your own terms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the same goes with like, life like being vulnerable about like you know life coaching too because people are like I don't need a life coach like everything's just fine like you know we're we're good I feel like a mess but I'm really good like for people to tell you how they really feel about themselves and what's going on in their life and even though they want it to be better they want things to be good they you know they want to live a life full of intimacy and freedom too, you know, whether it's money or not, but to get them there sometimes and to get them to like, you know, talk about that. Like when somebody says, you know, like when somebody says to me, I'll be like, Oh, I'm a life, I'm a life coach. Then you put spiritual in front of that. And they're like, what the, you know, like, no, I don't really don't want to talk to you now, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Now, now we're awkward. But yeah. yeah, so so next time, you know, maybe we should both try this. Like you should tell your husband, definitely tell your husband before you, you do this. But next time that the couple next to you asks, you could just be like, oh, I'm a professional call girl and see how <laughs> <laughs> see see if they'll have a conversation with you then. Yeah, right. No, like, no, no, have... just kidding. I'm a I'm a financial planner. Yeah, yeah. Because if they can have a, a conversation with you about that, then they definitely should be able to have a conversation with you about money, right? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. All right, Jen, <laughs> again, thank you so much. 
And, All right. Thank you. And um, we'll talk again soon. All right. Good luck with everything. All right. You too, Jen. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.